Hey guys, this is Dr. Ashley Dawson, and I'm super excited to share my journey with you and what it takes to build this startup from the ground up. I hope that my story adds value to your practice, career, and even your life. I also hope that you can learn from the successes and challenges because boy, will there be challenges ahead. So buckle up and join me on this journey. Are you ready for this season? Let's do this. How's it going, Ashley? Everything is going pretty okay. How are you doing? It's going good over here. How's it like uh, where you're at right now? Is it super hot, super cold? It's probably not cold. Um, it actually kind of cooled down a little bit. It's about 71 right now. So it's been nice because it's been a little, little on the hotter side and humid. But it's a nice little breeze out. I, I'm enjoying it. Jeez. So you're in Eastern time, right? So 89, yeah. 10, 11, I'm 11. in North Carolina, East Coast time. Normally, when do you start your day? Um, since I have a puppy, which has been very helpful. Um, I normally get up. She, she gets me up around like maybe 6.15, 6.30. So normally okay. when I take her out, feed her, I'll just stay up and go ahead and get the day going. Beforehand, I would sleep until 10. Easily. Gotcha. Yeah, sometimes. Okay, so what kind of puppy do you have? Um, so she's a lab mix. She's a rescue. She's about one and a half years old. Um, we got her from, I feel like it's like the tender for dogs. It's called pet finder. So you just like swipe until you find a dog. We picked her up and she was eight weeks when we got her. This is called pet finder. I never even knew something. This thing, is it an app? Yeah, it's an app. We, I think they have a website as well, but yeah, download the app and you can just literally swipe and like find a dog. Oh my gosh. You shouldn't have told me this. You shouldn't have told me this. Jeez. I know. I'll it's amazing. It. And you just look at all these cute puppies and you can like them and save them <laughs> or dislike them. It's perfect. Oh, <laughs> uh, who would dislike a puppy? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Some crazy person probably. <laughs> Man, I didn't even know. Pet finder. Okay. Okay. Before we were talking about, uh, before we recorded everybody listening, I was supposed to send Ashley a microphone. And then at the same time, I forgot. Now I'm writing on my desktop, Pet Finder. Do you see how things add up? And then I'm like, oh, wait, I was supposed to do something else. You know what I mean? Yep. Things Absolutely. take pri- priorities, Pet Finder now, and then everything else <laughs> falls into place. At least you'll have a cute puppy if you don't send me a mic. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going to be good. Of the dog. <laughs> I know. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So right now you are how many days until you open officially? Um, let's see here. I think so July 12th. So 14, about 17, I'd say 17 days, like work days until I see my first patient. And then on Monday, I start training my team. Wow. So that's coming up super fast. All right. So then this is going to be episode two and we're going to dive into all the financials side and everything about finances and your budgeting when it comes to your startup practice. And we're going to dive into Ashley's right now. So first and foremost, I want to ask you, did you already have an idea of how much you were going to take out before you even decided on a bank or anything like that or no? Yeah, I feel like, you know, when you look up how much, you know, the loans are, you read like 500 to 550 if you're not buying, you know, the real estate. So, um, I, I kind of toyed with the idea of owning, but like with the pandemic, I feel like it was harder to get a, a loan. And so I think they kind of cracked down. So I was like, you know what, let me just find a place to lease. And then maybe if I have another location at that point, hopefully I can own the real estate or if I want to maybe get crazy and relocate my um, office. But so I knew like five to 500, five to 550 was probably ideal if I was going to lease the space. Gotcha. So you already had that in mind. Now, before you went to a bank, what did you have to get ready for? Like, what did you prepare? Definitely my credit score. <laughs> I will be 100% honest. Like my credit, like maybe four years ago was trash. Like no lie. It was like probably 605. I have no idea why. Well, um, Volkswagen even gave me a car, to be honest. My credit was so bad. So then I started learning more about credit because I really, you know, like 
background wise, like I didn't really know much about finances growing up. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, debt wasn't really scary because I didn't really know what that meant. And I thought everybody had bad credit. Then I started reading about how to improve your credit. And especially if you're going to own a practice, like you have to be, you know, credit worthy to the bank. So I really cracked down on that. And then I got kind of obsessive with checking my credit karma every morning. Like I would literally wake up, check my Facebook, check my email, check my credit score. So um, (laughs) I was able to get up. So now my credit, I think is like seven, like 50 or something like that. So I can't, you know, or maybe seven eighty. like it came a long way. Yeah. What'd you do in order to get it from 605 to, you know, up and up? Yeah. Um, so obviously like just making sure you're paying everything on time. Like I had a couple things where like I had gone um, to like a, a hospital, I twisted my ankle and I never received the bill for it. They sent it to like, you know, three addresses ago. So I, when I pulled my credit, I realized that that was on there as unpaid, but I never received it. So I had to call, like make that payment, which they still never removed. Like they said they would, but so that like took a ding, but at least I paid that. And just making sure you don't have, you know, revolving, revolving debt, like with your credit card, just keeping it as low as possible. Um, so, you know, just not leaving a lot on your credit cards. And so like before, I think I probably, I had like a really low credit limit. So I've been like asking for credit increases and like just making sure you're not using it. That way it'll like drop down, you know, like my usage and just keeping it below like 10% is ideal. And I think like once I consistently did that, I consistently paid, it just, you know, over time just started to go up. Every time you pay something on your credit card, like just pay it that week, pay it immediately. Like don't wait till a month. And then you look at it, you're like, oh crap. Like, I, you know, if you can't pay it at the end of the week, you can't afford it. So just stay on top of that. Yeah. Same season, hundred percent agree. I would always like use my credit card and then, and then pay it like right immediately. Like that day, you know what I mean? I'm like, yep. I got to pay this thing right now. Or else exactly. Yeah. Okay. So then if you don't mind me asking, why, why was your credit so bad? Honestly, like I didn't really know anything about credit. Like my parents never really talked about credit. Like I didn't really know what I was supposed to do. I didn't really know what was good, what, you know, what factors like went into it. Um, I just, it was just lack of knowledge, you know? And then when you start to think about the things that you want to do like owning a practice or getting a car and stuff like that. Like when they pull your credit, you're like, Oh crap, like this, I got some bad credit. This is, this is terrible. Yeah. And you realize, you know, that because of that now you have to pay a higher interest rate. Now you're already in debt. Now you're paying more money. It just doesn't make sense. So yeah. um, I think it's just really lack of knowledge and just not being, you know, you don't know what you don't know. You're not educated on it. So you have to go out and seek ways to, to gain that knowledge, whether it's online or books. So, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So then you had to make sure your credit score was at least it was, is there a specific number? It has to be at least like above 700 or something like that, or, or you don't know. I think ideally if you can get 700 or above, you're in a good spot. If you're less than that, then I think it might be a little bit harder. I don't, I don't know specifically if they're going to want you to have more liquidity, but, um, you know, they'll definitely kind of look more at your finances at that point and see maybe what, what's the reason why you're below 700. I think you're in a good spot if you're like 700, 720. Gotcha. Okay. So you have to get your credit score ready. What else did you have to get ready before going to like the first bank you approach? So definitely the liquidity, I think was important. So when I first wanted to become a dentist, and like have my own practice, they said that you really only needed like $20,000. I don't know what it's like right now, you know, I obviously we're still within COVID, but you know, after like the lockdown and stuff, but um, when I was looking for funding in the middle of COVID and the banks tightened up with like who they lent it to. So I really, they needed like 50 to 60,000 liquidity versus like the 20,000 that I thought that you needed. Wow. So okay. just saving as much like, you know, I, I honestly stopped like putting a whole bunch of money into my student loans because they're not going to look at, oh, you paid down $50,000 of your student loans or whatever. They're going to be like, okay, how much money do you have in the bank right now? Yeah. Okay. You know? Okay. Got you. So try and be as liquid as, as possible at the beginning, right? 
Yep, um, exactly. And I know that there's like a big debate, like, oh, like, do you pay off your student loans? Of course, I'm not a financial advisor and there's a lot of different advice out there. But for me and my mindset and like my approach was try to save as much as you can. And then worst case scenario, if you don't need that liquidity, you could always throw that chunk of money at your student loans too. I felt right. like you always still have that, that option. Yeah. Okay. So then you had 20,000 when you, when they looked at your stuff at the time. Um, so I actually had, had more than that. Um, I'll be honest, my, my husband's been very helpful and very supportive too. So he had some savings. So we had about like maybe like 50 to 60. Nice. Okay. Together. So 50 to 60 of liquidity. Your credit score was at above 700. Mm-hmm. Anything else that you needed before you walked into the bank? Um, definitely your business plan. Um, you know, like I, we had pulled like the demographics, like talked about, you know, making sure that it's a good, good ratio. I think in my area, there was maybe 2,700 or 2,800 people per dentist, which is, was a good ratio. And then like the income, the median income was pretty good. And just, you know, having like some projections, I'll be honest on um, this part, ideal practices helped me with. And of course they, they reviewed it. Mm-hmm. That way you're like really focused on like, what is your vision? Like, you know, who's your ideal patient? Like really have like that, that vision, like what your projected growth is going to be. Like what's your short term, your long-term goals, having that pretty, you know, ironed out. Yeah. I forgot you were with ideal practices. When did you bring them on throughout this whole process? Um, so pretty early on. So I did my vision call with them on July 28th. So that was like the initial calls, like maybe like two hours where you talk about like, what, you know, what do you want? How do you envision everything? Like, you know, really figuring out like your give. So my give partner is um, foundation for girls. So we help every new patient will help support and sponsor a care package for a homeless mom or a mother in need. And so that like kind of spoke to me because like with my struggles and my yeah. mom and not really have much money, um, it, I feel like it gave me, I instantly connected with it. So really like just pinning that down and talking about stuff like that and about your background and how is that going to fit into like what your vision is. So that was July 28th. So it's less than a year. Of course, everybody's journey is different, but it's, it'll be like less than a year from start to finish. Um, for this process, which I'm thankful for, but you know, again, we'll get into like the nitty gritty about the, the finance part of it, which I am a little nervous about because I am definitely over budget. So I have to figure that out and I have to figure out where I got derailed. So, um, okay. So then (laughs) before we get into that, by any chance, do you have the business plan in front of you? Uh, yeah, I just, I just pulled it up. So it's been a while since I've looked at it, but yeah, I got it up. So how does the business plan come into play when going into a bank? Like what, how does yours look like? I mean, is I know you, you mentioned right now the demographics, but to you, what do you think has to pop out in the business plan in order for the bank to be like, this is good? Honestly, I mean, obviously I'm not a bank, but I think that Um, really just coming down to, you know, did you really evaluate your area that you're in? Is it like super saturated? Is there, you know, opportunity, but also like, um, what is your marketing strategy? I think is important because if you don't have a good marketing strategy and you're not, you know, being, I think more, I think they want to see you more aggressive and have you, you know, you're going to do more relevant things nowadays and have a good plan. I think that that's important to them. Like I had a, a call with, with um, Wells Fargo and the lady, I was like, yeah, I mentioned mailers. And she's like, oh no, don't do mailers. Those are so old. I hope your marketing company doesn't do that. Like, you know, she definitely had an opinion about that, but she, they, we spent a lot, a lot of time talking about, you know, marketing strategy. So, and I know some areas mailers work, some areas people are like, don't waste your time. I may or may not do them. I'm still undecided, but you know, I think that's important. Um, just having an idea of like your projected income, um, you know, they have, I have a projected profit and loss statement in here. I'll just kind of run through quickly. Um, yeah. I have my objectives, my vision and uh, my vision and mission, the company sur- uh, summary, the services I'll be providing, market analysis summary, the strategy and implementation summary, management summary, as far as my personnel and financial assumptions and projected income statement slash like profit and loss. Got you. When it comes to that, the projected income 
and profit and loss. What does that look like number wise? Personally, I think that, I, I mean, I'm a very ambitious person. So I, I was like, oh, these numbers are a little low. But um, they have me at like year one projection or the total revenue being around like 509. Year two, about 840,000. Year three is 965-ish. And year four is 1.1 for like their projections Mm -hmm. um, with basically a 15, like a annual growth, I guess around 15% is what the projections were. Um, but I, like I said, I'm ambitious. I try, I want, I would love to try to like crack 1 million if I can, like year one or definitely year two, it's going to be like my goal. Yeah. That's like super mega ultra. That's, that's good though. It's good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I shoot for the moon, land on the stars. Yeah. Hey, I like that. Shoot for the moon, land on the stars on a shooting yeah. star and then go past the moon. Then you're, exactly. You're take a little detour. Yeah, take yeah, a take a look. <laughs> take um, okay, so that's cool. And then is yeah, that all that's financial. on the business plan? Yeah, yeah, all that's on the business plan and also um, your budget. That's going to be huge. Like, have you thought about your budget? Like, how much you're going to be spending on equipment, um, you know, supplies, marketing, HR, like how, you know, that's definitely on there that they're going to be looking at and seeing if your budget's going to be realistic. Has it been realistic so far? No. Okay. Break, break it down to me. What, what, what's um, happening right now with the budget? It's so stressful. So, okay. First of all, the reason why I have poor credit probably too is because, or back <laughs> in the day is because I was never really taught how to um, stick with a budget. Melissa Torres, she's awesome. She's going to be going through the, the startup process. We live together in dental school and this girl is frugal. She's on a budget. She like, is so, so good at it. Whereas me, I'm like, oh, I'll figure it out later. I'll put it on my credit card. You know, like I said, I, I wasn't paying it every week. Melissa so, is laughing right now. She's probably laughing. I know. She's like, she knows. We'll go out, you know, happy hour. She's like, Ash, we don't, our budget was this, you know? Yeah. So she really kept me in line. Like I learned a lot from her about budgeting, but I think that just my background, I'm just poor at it. And I mm-hmm. knew that. And so I thought it was, you know, Ideal did a great job with putting together a budget for me, but I'm the type of person, I don't need a vague budget. I need like as detailed as possible because I'm going to find a way to screw this thing up. And yeah. I even tried to like reach out to my accountant. I was like, hey, like specific budget. He's like, no, you're going to be fine. I'm like, okay. Uh, my husband's in finance. He's been super helpful. He's like the king of Excel sheets. Like all of our vacations are Excel sheets. Um, so, and he's been very helpful, but I think I waited too long to really like start crunching all my final numbers. I actually haven't even received my TI yet. Not even half of it, which has been my tenant improvement, which has been really stressful so I called the um, property manager today. So hopefully I'll have an answer, but that's a huge chunk that's going into, you know, my final, you know, paying people out. I'm definitely over budget. I did not really account for, you know, my hand pieces and the equipment and like the cassettes, because again, it was a little bit vaguer and I was so focused on the big things like your chair, your compressor, your autoclave, like all these other things. I personally forgot about the little things that like you still need need to function. And so that was like maybe 20 to 25,000 that was unaccounted for. Over budget? 20 to 20? Yes. What was the budget at the, what is the budget right now? Like Um, for everything? For my equipment, it's about 160. I get a pan machine, which now I'm like, I mean, I, I feel like I need a pan I've just always used a pan. I feel like it tells me everything I need to. So I wanted to make that work in the budget. So that was probably 27,000. Now I was like, well, crap, I probably should have just done two operatories instead of three. But then I don't know, like my vision is to have fast growth. So I want to have that third op ready to go when I, you know, can use it. But yeah, and so, you know what? I did go through the rep to get my hand pieces, but my friend kind of after the fact was like, hey, you should have just gotten your hand pieces off of eBay and just chuck them when they kick the bucket. So now I'm like, I'm so over budget. I'm like, shoot, should I return some of this stuff? I don't know. I'm kind of in a pickle. So that's, I was up early this morning working on my budget and figuring out where I went wrong, what I, you know, 
Where did you go wrong then in, in your eyes? You're 20 to 25 over budget, uh, you're over the 150 to 60, you said, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're right now at almost 180, right? Like our 190? Yes. 190 uh, over yeah, budget. Yeah, I'd say like 180-ish, 185. Is that okay? Is it okay to just swallow it and be like, all right, we're over budget? Or it's it like, not. Oh. That's why I was like, oh crap. Like I need to figure this out. Like why are we done with this? Like I have to... I got to see what happened. Like I, I personally should have been better of tracking these things, but I will be honest. You don't remember, you don't realize all of the little things that are going to add up that you need. And so like just people out there, don't forget. My coach always said, remember the snowflakes. She's like all those little snowflakes, all those little things add up to big snowballs and avalanches. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that I didn't really keep track of the little things that I needed. Like, you know, I should have caught earlier, like in my equipment, equipment quote, okay, like I have to have my handpiece, I have to have my couplers, I have to have, you know, I have to have my cassettes, I have to have all the instruments. And I've been buying some things from dental students who just graduated from dental school. So like that helped a lot with like keeping some of the budget down, like a curing light I was able to get for like $40, $50 from a dental student who probably used it like 20 times versus yeah. like seven or $800, you know, like just straight from a vendor. Where are you finding um, these like dental students who sell this stuff? Yeah. So I'm part of my alumni group at Howard. And so I like posted, Hey, does anyone have like a link for, you know, students who are graduating? So my Dean actually saw it and she sent out a blast to all like the graduating students at Howard. And um, they would email me like a list of all their things. I was able to get like an endomotor for like $800 That's versus cool. like $1,700. So like that was helpful. And my friend um, at UNC, she was able to, she knew some people who just graduated. So she sent them a message and then I had some people email me directly with things that they were selling. Wow. So yeah, okay. just local dental schools, you know, people who are graduating dental garage sale, which is a Facebook group has been very helpful. Got like brand new Cavitron tips for like half the costs that were unopened. Um, crown remover so yeah there's definitely and of course you have like ebay as well yeah so you've been you you are like doing this with conscious like you're consciously spending you know what i mean like uh you're like trying to and then the hand pieces and cassettes slapped me in the face and i was like oh crap it is how much was that um so hand pieces i think were like 12 or thirteen thousand. And the cassettes were, I think, like 11000 But because I just finished residency within five years, there's a um, one-time 30% rebate with Hugh Freedy. I don't know how long they're going to have it for. And I'm, like, right on that cutoff of five years. But it's a one-time use that you can get a rebate. So I, that will drop the price down a little bit um, that I'll be able to apply for. But straight up, like, I'm still going to owe that 11000 on the front end and then just yeah. get that rebate. But it's helpful and, you know, definitely ask if they still have it, if you're like less than five years out of residency. What is going to have to suffer if you don't get anything? Like, for example, right now, let's just say you went over the 25,000. Oopsies. Oh, well, you know what I mean? What will have to suffer in the next section here? Like, is it your marketing? Yeah. Is it your, what? what is it? So I'm kind of torn between do I put up that money personally and then that's going to obviously put like my family and I like more in a financial bind. Um, am I going to have to pick up some more hours, you know, working like on the weekends potentially to help offset it, to try to keep, I want to keep as much working capital. Ideally you want like around 75,000 and I don't want that to obviously drop down. Um, so, you know, I don't want my marketing to suffer. I might, I'm actually looking at my list right now. I might have to just put up some money or try to sell some stuff. I'm going to get rid of, I was going to put some wallpaper up and that's going right back actually today. I'm going to turn that back. <laughs> I've had some people already call me. I've maybe had like 10, 15, not like a ton of people call me like interested in appointments and I'm not even open yet. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if I really bust my butt with some, you know, connecting with the community, um, I've been temping at some places. So, you know, naturally people ask me like, Hey, like, what do you, you know, what are you doing here? And I'm like, Oh, I'm open to my own practice. And I'm just like creating awareness. And then a few of the people from the place yesterday are now following my Instagram and my Facebook. Cause I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm open to my own practice. I'm new to the area. So I think if I can like try to do that 
And I plan on maybe getting like referral pads and like dropping them off at like urgent care or like doctor's offices that like don't have a dentist to refer to. So maybe I'll, you know, might not need as much marketing if I can do more like work on my own. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. That's good. Right now, if we rewind a little bit, how much is your TI? Um, I got 47 per square foot. Um, it was originally 40 per square foot, but then I needed to get a new HVAC. So they increased it to $7 per square foot. So I think it's like just under 105,000. Oh yeah. So you're like, like, can that come in right now? Like, you know what I mean? Like you're yeah, ASAP as soon as possible. Yeah. Okay. So then I have a quick question yeah. with the budget and the financials. Doesn't ideal practices help with that? I mean, should it, would they have been like, Hey, you're going a little bit over budget. Chill. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so they, they, like I said, put it together. I think that like, and again, I'm just a crappy person when it comes to following <laughs> budgets. And like, I know that about myself. So maybe, you know, I, I'm a big person. Like I take extreme ownership. Like at the end of the day, it's going to be on me. So maybe I should have been like, Hey, like we need to do like more check-ins, but so yeah, I'm actually going to email the guy today. Just like, Hey, like this is the situation. Like, what do you, what do you recommend? Um, I don't know like how I got here. If you can kind of walk me through it. But yeah, I think that the biggest thing was just really the equipment that I think kind of just got like slipped through the cracks. Everything else has been great working. And then I think maybe my signage, I got a little ambitious because I have like stuff to go on the outside, which I didn't really mention to them. So like that was originally had 5,000. So I did go over budget. I'll be honest, about 3,000 for that. So 8,000? Yes. Why is the sign so, what what makes it amazing? Basically like where my break room is, my lab and my front desk, it's all facing the glass. And so I needed to put some kind of barrier or cover on the window because I don't want people seeing like directly into the break room or directly into our lab area or behind the front desk. So I had them do like some signage and like vinyl covering over the windows so that you can't see in, but you can see out basically. Well, that's nice. Okay. And that was like, I didn't think about that. And I was like, when I was like doing the walkthrough, I'm like, oh crap, like you can clearly see all up in all these spaces and like I need to cover that so that 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 was three thousand yeah so eight thousand in total for signage so a lot of this is just I guess what's the decision making for this when it's like walk me back when you were buying the cassettes and doing all these things were you like just thinking all right let's do it I know we have it in the budget or did you review the budget and then say maybe we maybe we do I'm looking at the book. I'm like, oh, this is not good. I'm like, mm. I'm like, Ugh. and I went back and, but then I don't know, maybe it's that mindset and you can maybe kind of ex- like extrapolate it from me, but I'm like, well, I need to have cassettes. Uh-huh. Right. But I'm yeah. like, I don't know. Like, do I, is there something I, I can cut? Like I, I, you know, I did send it to ideal and everything looked makes sense, especially um, as far as like the hand pieces, like maybe like one extra slow speed that like I might not need. But I mean, like that was kind of cosigns like, you know, you, yeah, like, yeah, like these are things that you need. But then it's like, you know, again, I'm like kind of teeter tottering, like between like, do I literally return most of these hand pieces and just do what my friend did and just buy off of eBay? Like, I think that's what a lot of people do. And then once you build, you know, build up, you know, start getting some money, then you can kind of go crazy with like the new stuff. My mind is like going back and forth and I'm going to have to just really like sit down and just be like, Hey, don't even bother delivering this. <laughs> all of it. <laughs> I, know, I can't afford it, <laughs> but uh, I need hand pieces I, to work. And it sucks. Cause it's like at the end of everything, I feel like it was caught earlier. I could have been more mindful of what needed to be cut. Leading yeah. up to this. You know, it's just like the timing of it is just so crappy. It's like, okay, maybe less cabinets or, you know, maybe I should have, again, I didn't know about the glass with the signage, but it's like little things like that. Supplies, I feel like I did pretty good on. I had like maybe my initial order, like as 22,000 and my total, I think was like um, 15 or 16,000, which I was like proud of myself because I did 
partially from my, my main vendor and then a decent amount from Darby, which I'm part of um, Dental Success Network. So we get the dental, dental whale savings. Um, and so everything is a lot cheaper through them. Um, even like down to like mouthwatch, like I didn't realize that because I'm part of DSN and I get the dental well savings, um, I actually get 10 or 20%, some percentage off of like the cameras if I'm a member. And so like now they just like credited me back. So it's like little things like that, that has saved me being part of that group has like helped drop my budget down. So I'm happy in that aspect, but again, it's just the equipment that I got kind of screwed on. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, okay, and we'll we'll talk about the equipment, I believe, in a in a later episode, but or the supplies, but okay. So right now, you said a good credit, liquidity, business plan review, and the budget, which we mm-hmm. kind of figured out right now that the budget isn't always like sticky. You know what I mean? It's not always yeah. going to stick. Did you prepare anything else before you walked into the bank? Uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, obviously like you need your associate position, get like, what does your cash flow look like? They'll give you like a chart to see like, you know, what investments you have, how much you have in your checking, your savings, you know, if you do have like any spouse income, um, the other bank that I was going to work with Huntington, they wanted me to have a co-signer, mm-hmm. whereas like, um, Wells, I was able to do it on my own. So that's why, you know, it was also a little bit lower because I was by myself and like, I guess my cash flow that's what they felt comfortable lending me. Um, so, you know, just being prepared that if you don't have like super strong cash flow or like your income to debt ratio is not as favorable, you might need someone that that's going to be willing to co-sign whether that's a spouse or, or whatnot. Gotcha. Gotcha. Did you have any, like, how did it look like? Like if you can walk us through, like, what was your, did you have any major debt, any vehicles, real estate that you own? Like, what did you have to Put to down. show it to the bank. Um, yeah. So no real estate. Um, I have a car, but I'm still making payments on that. Um, but I still was able to put that value on it. Um, Is it the Volkswagen? Yeah, I'm a Volkswagen. Yeah. Okay, cool. The one that they lend, they gave me in 2017. So I still have a little bit to pay on it, but I love my little Tiguan. It's my little baby. Her name is Talila the Tiguan. <laughs> Wait, what is, what is it? Her name is Talila. <laughs> Talila the t- <laughs> Talila the Tiguan. She's so cute. I love my car. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's cool. So you had the uh, Talila and then who else? Or what else? Um, And then I have like some stuff in my Vanguard. Uh, I do have Fundrise. It's like an investment for like real estate. Um, You just like, you get to invest in like parts of projects. So I had that um, and like a regular like an investment account and some money in there. So it kind of does sound like you know a little bit about money. Only because my husband is in finance and he was like, you need to have a Vanguard. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, you need to do this, this, this. So I did that back when we met a while ago. And then so it like slowly growed. He's like, you need to put at least, even if it's $300 a month in it. So it was like kind of nice. Like, you know, 300 is not that much. And then you like realize like, oh, like I have like you know, a good bit of money in here. Yeah, After, you know, I've been putting some money, and then it's been growing. Um, but yeah, actually, I feel like to me, I was like, "That's it. if I was a. This is why I'm not a financial advisor because I would be like, you got it, you made it. This is it. You're yeah. you're you're more set than me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it seems that way. And then you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> what kind of mindset this girl has? <laughs> uh, okay, so but you yeah, had so the, all that had all that together. All right, and then you had to present that to the bank, and then the Wells Fargo is the bank you decided to go with, right? Yes. All right. And I know we've mentioned this in the, the, uh, the dental marketer podcast, but for here, what, why did you decide to go with Wells Fargo compared to other banks? Um, the interest rate was better and their payments that they presented me was a, a little bit more manageable on the front end. Like it kind of graduates over time. Like it'll start you out with a smaller amount and then the longer it'll increase it. So as far as like cash flow aspect, like you have a little bit more wiggle room in the beginning. Um, whereas like the other bank was like more, you know, it was the same each month, I think for the most part, but I, I would be starting out with like a lot higher payments um, before I even opened my doors, basically. Gotcha. So what were your terms looking like for this loan that you got? I think it's 10 years, whereas the other one was 15 for the other bank. And then my interest is, I think, like 
three and a half. Three and a half. Yeah. Yeah, okay. For like 10 years. And then how much was the loan in total? Um, so 475 plus the 25 line of credit. So 475 plus 25. So like 500, uh, over 500, right? Like about 500. No, right at 500, basically, okay. with the line of credit. Is that what you were shooting for or were you hoping for more or not? I was definitely hoping for 550. But like I said, with me by myself, like they're like, okay, well, your husband can co-sign and maybe get to 550. But then I was like, ah, I don't really want to like tie him into it. If I don't have to. Like, let's just make it work. Why didn't you want to tie him into it? If you've already like know. for liquidity, you know? I don't know. I just feel bad. Like, I mean, I've had, I've had like my dad co-sign stuff before and I just hate asking for people to do stuff. And like, like he would. He has no problem doing it, but I'm like, I just don't, if I can just do it under my name and just be done with it, I'm just that type of person. Yeah, I get, I get you. I hundred percent get you. Yeah. But this is like a practice, right? Compared to like. I know, I know. A car. But anyways, what would you have, would it have been a major, major difference anyways, the extra 50,000 or not really? Um, I mean, I wouldn't be over budget. <laughs> <laughs> I get those hand pieces carefree. <laughs> carefree. <laughs> yeah. Click, click. Uh, <laughs> so like I said, I don't know, like if I have the right mindset about as far as like debt. So I'm like, I don't know, is it better that I get the extra money from a loan or like if I could pay that with my own money, like, is that better? Cause then at least I'm taking out a smaller loan, lower payments, lower, you know, you know, less amount that I have to pay over time. So that's why I was trying to like try to do the best I can with this 500. If we go over, then that's, it's not fine, but yeah. you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. That way I don't have to be as leveraged with more debt if I can avoid it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Basically. And in your budget right now that you have, let's just say the 500,000 is at the very top, right? How are you allocating this? Like, how do you know, okay, 20, 20,000 is going for, I don't know, supplies or the marketing plan budget. Twenty. How does that look like? Um, so I went to Breakaway and they they had some budgets on there too. So I was kind of comparing what um, like Ideal had given me versus like Breakaway. And then they, in Breakaway, they did a nice job of like saying like, okay, if you're on the East Coast, like expect to pay around X amount per square foot for your construction. So mine, I think, ended up being like 145 per square foot was my construction cost. Whereas I think if you're like up north, sometimes you might pay like close to like 185 per square foot. So I was like really good with my construction. And I feel like that was kind of like the biggest chunk that like, it just, it is what it is. Let me work backwards from that. Got you. Got you. Um, okay. Yeah. So the construction in total was 323? Yeah. 20, yeah. 323. Okay. And so the other remainder of everything else, 200 or less than 200, where did that go? Um, yeah, so then the next big chunk is the cabinets for maybe like around 15. For the oh, that's whole. not part of construction? No, I, I pulled that as separate, just like a separate category. Okay. Um, so yeah, so we want to like combine the two. But I like kind of, I try to be a little bit more detailed. Obviously not that detailed because I still screwed up the budget. But I was like, okay, and then how much I paying for the cabinets? But no, he has a separate cabinet guy that he worked with. So that was, again, about like 15. 15. Okay. Got you. And then the rest of it, that's just... Um, just instruments. Um, my IT was a little bit on the higher end, but I'm... Well, actually, you know what? So, and I know people are going to kill me because they're like, you paid way too much on IT. And I'm fully aware I probably did. But I feel like my dad's in IT as well. So he did all the phone calls with me. And I feel like relationship wise and quality wise and what they're giving me as far as like the servers and whatnot and doing on the wiring, it came in um, like maybe like 39,000. Correct. Who'd you go with? Um, I went with a local um, company called Fusion, but I will be honest, they have been on point. They've worked with my contractor and my equipment rep on so many projects and um you know, I have like two TVs in my operatories. You know, I have like my computer computer monitors. I think I have like um, two, sorry, three in the front desk area. I think I probably like didn't need as many monitors 
And like they bought the TVs for me as well. Whereas like some of the other quotes I was getting were actually like a lot more than that. I, I got like one quote that was like $50,000 easily. Um, Can I ask who quoted you $50,000? It was a local company. Um, I don't want to say their name. Okay. I feel bad. Yeah, they're okay. just a local company in North Carolina. There's really not that many. So for like, for like process of elimination. But so I was like, okay, obviously that's a no. And they, and one of the reasons why I didn't want to work with them either is because my office, I was, when I was associate in, they were just not very responsive. Like they had like terrible response time with issues. Like our computers were down for like so long, our, our internet and our server was down. Like it was just, and they weren't doing anything about it. So I was like, you know what? I'm definitely not going to work with this company because they're not even helping us in like time of need. So yeah. um, then another company that I really, really, really loved, um, Dark Horse is the other one that I wanted to work with. But the reason why I went with this more expensive one is because again, more so the relationship and the ease of installation and because I've, I've heard some situations with other companies where, you know, if you don't have a tech there on staff, like in stuff, you know, you don't have good communication with the contractor, like sometimes you might have like delays because you're just not on the same page. So I was like, you know what, I think it's worth the trouble to make sure that things are smooth sailing. So like I went today and like basically everything's all, all done for my, yeah. my team. Nice. So, and okay. They did that in like two, they did that in like in two days. <laughs> Oh, perfect. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. So it's, so peace of mind and knowing that they're doing a good job, it's worth it, right? Yes. To me, okay. it is. Some people know, like I know people do their own IT. I'm just not there yet. I'm not trying to be a hero. I'd rather pay you and know that it's set up properly and I can come after you if it's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hello, versus <laughs> me trying to do it on my own. And then I'm stuck with this own problem when I have a million other things I have to do. Yeah. Okay. Got you. Got you. And then what else? So those cabinets, IT, IT, um, um, phone system, furniture had like a five thousand dollar budget. I got a lot of stuff stuff off of Wayfair, but I kind of tied into furniture, like, um, you know, like my Beats headphones that I'm gonna use, like all like kind of like my miscellaneous things that I wanted to go as part of like patient experience, like mm-hmm. warm towel, uh, you know, towel warmer and stuff like that. Like that kind of, I kind of just threw that into like, okay, this is going to be part of that furniture budget. What was the phone system budget? That was about 15 or actually I think originally it was 2000, but I think it spent maybe, I had a couple of discounts, like maybe 16 ish. Okay. Yeah. Wasn't bad. And paid for the the full year. Okay. Nice. Okay. So Mm -hmm. then phone system was one 1600 Mm -hmm. miscellaneous stuff and furniture was 5,000. And that's basically it, right? That. Are you ran out of the um, whole HR? Or no? I know some people do their own HR. HR was about 2600 2600 um, for HR. Yeah. And then... I have like my pre-opening like budget for payroll. I have like a um, 5000 but it's only going to be about 2500 for payroll before I open like during the training. Oh, okay. I forgot mm-hmm. about that. You know what? I've yeah, never, do- nobody's ever mentioned that. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't do it, which totally is fine. But I am a nervous wreck. And I'm like, I need to make sure that these people know what they're doing. We know we're all on the same page. We're going to make sure everything's working. You know, we're going to do like a dress rehearsal with Ideal on July 8th. Um, So I'm thankful that they're going to come out for that. And that way we make sure, you know, things are working properly. And, you know, work on a family member during that day and like, you know, go walk through like, what does the new patient experience look like? How do we check them out? Just making sure like we know how to use everything because we're going to do that July 8th. And then I'll have July 9th, which is a Friday, just to kind of tie up some loose ends. Like what didn't work? Did the water go spraying everywhere? Did we not know how to do something? That way I can figure that out on Friday. So then hopefully we'll be ready to go on July 12th on that Monday. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So then that's, that's the pre-payroll. That's basically like is yep. this the whole budget right here? We we've run, run it through all of it or no? Um, no. So you want me to go from top to bottom? See, si, por favor. Because I got a lot of stuff. Okay. Uh-huh. My lease deposit was about five. My attorney was about five as well. And then I had consulting. I honestly don't want to tell the consulting fee on there because I I just don't want to disclose oh, that. But. Oh my gosh, Ashley! Oh. Can you give me like? 
a range? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can yeah. give you a range. Um, like 40 to 55. Consulting budget, right? Yes, consulting budget, 40 to 55. Tinks. Again, a lot of people don't do it. So that's like 40 to 55 that you could have in your pocket, you know, is extra income. Yeah. Not income, but like wiggle room. Um, construction, we went like 320, basically 323. Um, my designer is about 2,500 of a budget. Mm-hmm. Cabinets, we went through that already. Um, we went over instruments, IT, phone, signage, I told you was eight. Furniture and random stuff was five. Marketing, I have budget of 10,000. I don't think I'm going to get up to, well, I guess I, it's part of my budget. So 10. I hope it's a little bit less, but 10 for now. Pre-opening is five for the payroll. Um, supplies was at 22, but I came in a little less, but my budget was 22. HR was about 2,000 a budget, but that was about 25. And then I have a budget in here for software that they, that I do help put that in. Like, I guess like whether it's Flex or, um, you know, I'll be using Swell and stuff like that. So I have that budget of 6,000. I don't think it's going to be that much, but that's what I have in there. Oh, that's it. That's everything. Yep. That's everything. Nice. Okay. And did you mention how much you're paying yourself or no? Oh, probably zero. Yeah. Zero until (laughs) I can break even. I'm going to be temping um, as like my income as well. And so that's really, you know, I hope that I can start paying myself early, but I know that I've heard like horror stories where people don't get, you know, pay themselves for like two years. (sighs) Or whatnot. I hope that's not me. Like I'm trying to start paying myself, even if it's a little bit after maybe like four or five months. Yeah, like um, day three. Yeah. Yep. So. Okay. Okay. That is the goal. So then that that's gonna do it for the whole budget. Really quick, I wanted to ask because I know a lot of startups um, have like a lawyer on hand or something like that. Do you have that mm-hmm. or no? Yeah. So I worked with um, Rob Montgomery, his team. Okay. Do you, how does that work for the budget? Do you, where is that allocated? Um, yeah. So I think I told you, let's see, for attorney slash lawyer, my budget was 5,000. Oh, okay. And that's uh-huh. like a retention retainer or no? No, no, no. That's just what straight up what I paid for their services. And they would just uh-huh. bill me monthly. Gotcha. Gotcha. Depending on how many hours they spent. Like, but my broker was bomb diggity. He did an amazing job. He did so much of the negotiation for me and the LOI that like the, the meat of it, that like they, I, Rob, Rob seen barely had to do really anything at all. Who's your, um, who's your broker again? I worked with Mike Slattery. He's with crown, crown tenant advisors. Amazing guy. Awesome. Found me in my space was like killing it on the LOI negotiations. Like Rob's team, um, his, associate was like yeah he basically negotiated all the really important things we just had to like kind of fine-tune it gotcha gotcha that's awesome okay so then last question really quick how are you keeping track of all of this how are you budgeting to make sure you're some like at least a little bit on track because I, I don't think you're like spending like oh oopsies went over like three you know what I mean like a whole bunch yeah. um that's a great question and I probably should have created something beforehand, but of course it's like hindsight, but really just like an Excel and then just jotting down like what my budget is, what it actually is. If I'm over under paid to date money, I still owe. And did I pay that myself or did Wells Fargo? But my husband, he's again, amazing at Excel. So he's like organize it. Like I'll put it all down and then he'll make it look all pretty with like these different colors and stuff and mm-hmm. make it more organized. So, but I probably should have done that a lot sooner. So then I had a better, more organized live tracker. So if someone has that, that like can share with people for in the future, I think that would be very helpful. That way as things come about, because you can make little tabs and underneath like different sheets. You can put all like your messy stuff. And then it's just like, okay, well, you know, bottom line for furniture, you know, this is all the information from sheet two you know, this is what I've spent so far. And you just like put it in there as you go, or maybe like time it like every week, like go ahead and update it. And, you know, just keep it consistent with like that one credit card. So you don't have to, cause at first I was using like different credit cards and there's just, I couldn't keep track of it. I was like, okay, you have to like just stick with one card. <laughs> yeah. Like, that would be nice to create a live yeah. budget tracker, right? 
Yeah. If you could just do that like once a week, I feel like I wish that I did that. I mean, again, now I have it to like list it down, but I would have been like, okay, this is, this needs to be on the chopping block. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I like that a lot. I feel like we're the same Z's because my wife is, she'll make like, you know, for taxes and things like that. She'll just highlight things in different colors. And I'm like, this looks amazing. Oh my gosh. How'd you do all this? I know. Right. (laughs) I'm like, this is awesome. But I if I could have made that sooner to keep track of things easier, I think it would have put it into a visual of I'm starting to go off the cliff here. I mean, yeah, everybody's viewpoint is different. I'm pretty sure somebody listening right now is like, oh my gosh, you went really off the cliff. And then somebody else is like, you didn't even go a little bit off it. Like I did. Don't even worry about, you know what I mean? So yeah, like just, be prepared for all the little things that are going to add up. Do the best you can to stay on budget, but like, don't be surprised if that, or like same with your contractor, you run into a problem. Hey, we got to do a change order. We, you know, ran into a real big problem right now. Like my HVAC, they went in, they're like, it's going to need to be replaced. So it's like, yeah, I got more money in TI, but like really that got eaten up by the HVAC. So how much is that going to be? That was like 15,000. Oh my God. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. That's going to be, Cause you're, yeah, that's yeah. going to be quite so a bit. So that's 15,000 of my TI that technically I cannot use. Yeah, that's true. Man. So it's really okay. like I have 80,000. <laughs> Alrighty. So then what do you have going on next? What's coming up? Yes. Um, so I went by today. It's looking fantastic. I got excited, even though I'm really stressed about finances right now. Um, I'm going to drop off my phone so they can get that set up. My, um, like my, um, what's it called? Like credit card processing, like all of that. My IT is going to put that together. Um, my tilt out bins, I got to drop those off for my contractor to put together. So just dropping off stuff at the office so we can fine tune, um, put my training schedule together. So I'll start that on Monday with my team. Um, just kind of getting them onboarded on like what, how we do things, how do we answer the phone? Um, you know, open dental training because they both have not used open dental and then us just practicing with like putting ourselves into the system, like, you know, put your medical history in, like just practicing because either way we need to probably be in the system. Um, and yeah, just, just getting, getting our training going. And then, um, again, I'm going to try to hit the ground running with ground marketing. I'm part of the chamber of commerce. So I think we have some events coming up. So I want to, you know, introduce myself. I met with some of the specialists in the area. So just, again, just building some awareness in the community and just meeting as many people. And yeah, I'll probably put like a little table out outside my practice maybe this weekend, just give out some, some free t-shirts with like my name, like my uh, practice name on it and just get, you know, people's information. So I know you have a lot of great marketing stuff. So I'll probably maybe look into your ground marketing stuff so I can hit the ground running. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So we're all really excited to, especially me, like I'm super excited to continue to hear like how everything's coming along. And, and to see the results. So thank you so much, Ashley, for episode two and sign us out. Awesome. Well, thanks guys for listening. Until next time. Thanks, Michael, for having me here. And um, make sure that you guys follow at Dawson Modern Dentistry on Instagram. Uh, find us on Facebook, Dawson Modern Dentistry. And my personal Instagram is at Ashley underscore DDS. Also, make sure that you're following the making of a startup. Leave us a comment or review because we're always looking for feedback. And if you guys have some advice, especially about finances, please reach out, leave a comment, let us know. Thank you so much.